Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe. I want us to jump into Matthew chapter 3 tonight, Matthew chapter 3. And I want us to just look at a time in Jesus' life that some stuff kind of happened. And I want to make some observations about it. You know, we're not really going to have anything big and groundbreaking tonight. No big like three points in a poem as some preachers have and I have sometimes. We're just going to look at Scripture. We're going to pull some things from the Word of God for a few minutes. And then the lesson will be years. But we start in chapter 3. Uh, in verse 13, this is the baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan uh, to be baptized by John. John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Let's stop right there for a second. Let's just make some observations. The first observation I want you to think about, I want you to think back in your own life, is that your moment of baptism is an exciting time in your life. It is an exciting time. It is a memorable time. It is a time where you become connected with the Holy Spirit and the salvation of God. We talked about that for four weeks together coming out of last week, and, and it, is, it is such a powerful thing. But I want you to know, as great of a mountaintop experience as that is, okay, that is a great mountaintop experience. And we need mountaintop experiences. We really do. We need those mountaintop experiences to push us and to keep us going and to help us, you know, be encouraged. But as great as that mountaintop experience was, the next verse to me is maybe the most interesting. It's the beginning of chapter 4. So you've got this moment. Jesus goes. He's baptized. The Holy Spirit descends upon him. He hears God's voice maybe for the first time in a while. I don't know. But the next verse says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Okay, one of the things that I want you to understand about mountaintop experiences is that sometimes mountaintop experiences are followed by some of the greatest spiritual challenges you'll ever face. When you're on fire for God, when you're up there ready to go, when you're up there, like you're like Peter, hey, Jesus, if you're going to die, I'm going to die with you. I'm going to be right there beside you. And, you know, he was fired up about doing whatever it took for, for him to, you know, to, to show Jesus how much you love him. When you're fired up, you got to realize that Satan is going to be right there ready to tempt you, ready to knock you off, ready to throw you down. Just be ready for it. Just be ready for those moments. Now, it's interesting to me in this story, the next words. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Now, so the story so far has gone. Jesus is baptized, mountaintop experience. Okay, we're going to be led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The devil comes, and he's always going to be there right after those mountaintop experiences. But there is a 40-day period, a 40-day period in which Jesus prepared himself for those temptations. Jesus prepared himself for those temptations. He went off and he fasted and he prayed. He fasted and he prayed day after day for 40 days so that he would spiritually they would spiritually be prepared for that moment 
of temptation. I think we have a habit of, okay, listen, we, we know something. We know that temptation's coming. We know that Satan's out there. He's, he's prowling around like a lion, okay? He's, he's waiting to see what he can devour. We know that's out there. We know that's happening, okay? But yet a lot of times we're surprised. And I think we're surprised because we're not prepared. Because we've had this mountaintop experience. Hey, it's great. It's great. Everything's wonderful. But we're not ready. We're not ready for that. We've not prepared for that moment. And I think what Jesus shows us here, it is so important that in good times, in mountaintop experience times, in times that we're not being tested, you know, hey, we're in this blessing time, okay? Maybe you're in a time of blessing. In that time of blessing, you also need to be preparing yourself through study, through prayer, through fellowship, okay, through fasting. You need to be preparing yourself for that moment where Satan's going to say, okay, you're next. You're next. I'm coming for you next. You're my next target. You need to prepare for that. You know, it's, it's like I've talked about the analogy of racing, athletics. You know, you don't, you don't run a marathon tomorrow if you've never done it before. You work up and you build to that. Olympic medalists, they don't, the Olympic gold medalists who run, okay, or any of them, they don't just start that day. It's not the first time they've done it. They have practiced and they are prepared for that moment so that they can perform to the best of their ability when it really matters, when it really counts. And as Christians, we need to be the same way in our journey, in our fight with Satan. We need to be preparing. We need to be sharpening our sword, okay? We need to be sharpening our sword. We need to make sure our armor fits. We need to make sure we're ready to go so that in that moment when Satan pounces, we're ready. And Jesus was ready. I truly believe that those 40 days prepared Jesus in a way that, that he was not prepared for. Right after that mountaintop experience, he spent 40 days really just, just, just grounding himself in God so that when that moment came with Satan, he was prepared. And, and then the moment came, okay? Then the moment came, and it was a struggle, all right? Let, let's keep going. After 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, it says he was hungry. I think that's the biggest understatement in all the Bible, but we'll go back to that some other time. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Now, that last verse there, it's almost sometimes a throwaway verse, okay? And a throwaway verse is that verse at the end of a story that doesn't seem to have a lot of impact. But I want to talk to you about the impact. The impact to me is if is Jesus was drained. Jesus had been preparing, and then he had the battle. He was face-to-face -face with Satan. He overcame. Okay, to me, once he overcame Satan at this moment, game over. This was Satan's biggest punches. Game over. He, he was going to defeat Satan after this. Satan came and gave him face-to-face. -face, you know, David and Goliath, you know, it, I mean, bam, bam, bam. You know, it was a heavyweight battle. Jesus won. But those spiritual battles can be exhausting. Spiritual battles can be exhausting. You see, spiritual battles 
not only are, are exhausting, I think, mentally and emotionally, but they're exhausting physically. Okay, they're exhausted, exhausting in, in, in a spiritual way that, that even, even goes further than just the regular exhaustion that we may face. And at this point, Jesus needed to be ministered to. Jesus needed to be ministered to. And it's important for us as children of God, after we've had those challenging moments, that we allow ourselves to be ministered to. It's okay when you're going through difficult times and say, hey, look, I need help. I need someone to minister to me. I, I need someone to encourage me. I need someone to fill me back up, to feed me, to, to help me feel full once again. And we have that ability in the family of God to be that for each other. But now, a lot of people would, you know, once they're worn out and tired, they just quit. They're done. Whoo, I fought the battle. It's over. What do I do next? I rest and I relax. That's not what Jesus did. It's not what Jesus did at all. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, we're in verse 12 now of chapter 4, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Nephtali, to fulfill what had been said to the prophet Isaiah, the land of Zebulun and Nephtali, the way of the great sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen great light. And those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now listen to this. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. What does Jesus do? Okay, let's track the story again. Mountaintop moment. It's great, it's wonderful, it's grand, it's so encouraging. God, the Holy Spirit, baptism, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's picturesque. He prepares for the battle, face-to-face -face battle with Satan, exhausted, worn out, spiritually drained. Does he quit? No. He keeps working. He begins to preach. I'm going to tell you something I've seen in churches that I've worked with, and I don't want this to be our legacy in my time as your minister. Churches I've worked with, I've seen this a couple of times, where we have, we, we've grown together, we have fought together, we face challenges together, and we take that first step together. And we get to that first kind of mountaintop experience, and we turn around and go, oh wow, look how far we've come. Look at what we have come. We've grown a little bit. We've got some new faces. We, we've overcome these challenges. And then you get comfortable. They get comfortable. They sit there and they don't want to keep going because they look back and they go, look at what we, we've never done this before. We, we, we've done some good things. We've taken that net. We've taken a step. So let's just relax. Jesus had his mountaintop experience. Then he battled Satan. And did he just stop? No, he kept going. Matter of fact, that's when his ministry really started. And I want that to be our legacy as a church family is that as we go through this challenge together, okay, look, we've been on, back together for several weeks now. Now we're taking a break. It's easy to get discouraged. But I want our legacy, I want what we're known as is a church that keeps going, that keeps working, that, that shares the message of God. He's going to go on and he's going to call his disciples in the next couple of sections. You know, he's going to, he's going to the Sermon on the Mount, you know, so the most powerful sermon ever preached. Many people say, listen, Jesus got to work. And I want us to not let this time discourage us, but for us to continue working. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to become motivators of, is, is to continue to work in positive ways and to bring this light into our community.
I know that we can do it. I know that we can be that kind of church, and I hope that you'll buy in to that teaching of Christ today. Listen, I thank you so much for joining us today and tonight. It's encouraging to know that even though we're not together here, that the work of the church goes on, that we're still busy doing things. And I hope in a couple of weeks that this is all behind us and we get back together again and try to keep moving forward. But thank you for your time tonight. If you need anything this week, please, please call the office. Let us know. We'll try to uh, take care of your needs any way that we can. But I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. And then the night, the day will be yours. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to share communion with one another, to share in song with one another, to share in, in, in spirit with one another. And we pray that we've been strengthened, that our bonds in you have grown. And, and ultimately, as we grow in you, we grow together. God, I pray for those of our family who are sick. I pray for those who are struggling, God. I just, just bring them peace and healing. I pray a very special prayer for our new elders. And our old elders, God, as they begin to work with one another, as they learn to work with one another, we thank you for their wisdom and their guidance just in the last couple of days in making decisions. God, I just pray a great, great life of service for you, for each and every one of them. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you for all that you have blessed us with. Help us to always remember that all blessings come from you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcast, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 